Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the world's greatest Doom Patrol related podcast. For each episode, we talk long and lovingly about our favourite superhero team, the mighty Doom Patrol. Hi everyone, I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at reading underscore hicks and you can get in touch via email at waitingfordoom at gmail.com and we're on Facebook and uh, we're of course of waitingfordoom.com, the website, Yep. and all our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio and podbean.com. Yes, hello, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarb. You can also find on Twitter our sentient show account who is Wilfred. He's at WFDPod. Hello, Wilfred. Hello, humans. And so, yes, we're, we're back with uh, episode 144 and um, we've been a bit all over the shop. Um, it's It's been a bad month for health issues. Um, uh, I've, I've been a bit under it? the weather. Uh, you can probably hear that Paul's a bit under the weather. Um, yeah. We, uh, we've had uh, a bit of... Uh, sickness in my household as well um, and I also want to give out a shout out to our uh, Reggie uh, from Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill uh, Reggie's going through a bit of a, a, a not a good time at all with his health at all so um, yeah. it's it's been a month for it unfortunately so yeah. our prayers are with you Reggie I would say mm, yeah yeah but uh, Paul have you found any light at the end of the health health tunnel to to try and cheer you up <laughs> well yeah uh i'm i'm on the mend i'm starting to get better but mm-hmm. uh, for a while there i thought i was going to be a new superhero called deadpool <laughs> right <laughs> okay yeah, and my but... wife said that wasn't funny <laughs> <laughs> well, she doesn't even read comics man what would she know <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so yeah, comics comics have keeping me company because I've been spending a lot of time at home, so catching up on my DC OCD reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will talk about one thing that I did squeeze in amongst all that is um, I read a series called Extremity by da- Daniel Warren Johnson. Okay. Which is, yeah, which was an image series. It's um it's done now. He's the guy who does Murder Falcon. Okay. If you're familiar with Murder Falcon, the um. I've seen. Well, I've seen uh, some artwork from it on on the Twitters, yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's sort of like a, a rock fantasy mm. adventure. Comic. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, Extremity was like hard sci-fi in a world where um, there's just these warring factions, and everyone is just hardcore about killing everyone else. Right. Um, and, it, and it is the you know the literal cycle of violence that cannot break. And it's, it's not a literal cycle, though. There were you know right. flying cycle type things. But, okay. You know. Oh, using the word literal, uh, Ill- literally. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Mm. <laughs> anyway, but it was fantastic. It was really good read, and um, you know, really, I don't know. It's it's a it's a story that is relevant, I think, and Ooh. the messages in it are very very relevant. And uh, for such an incredibly violent comic, it is um, has a lot of pathos and a lot of uh, genuine uh, speaking about the human condition and. Um, the way hatred can just destroy everything that you love. Oh. So, hmm. oh, okay. so I thought it was very... 
and the art is incredible and um daniel does yeah, i've seen a few doom patrol um commissions that he's done okay he did a fantastic one of um cliff and a, a billion tons of wreckage around him <laughs> <laughs> and he just did one of um casey and danny the ambulance so oh cool yeah, so, uh, yeah, really good comic, uh, worth checking out. There's two trades, I think, and that's the whole thing. Wow, so, okay. Hmm. Cool. What about you, Mike? Uh, I too have been, uh, making the hard slog through the event that is 52 in preparation for that. Uh, I won't say too much other than, as good as it is, geez, it's long. <laughs> it's 52 <laughs> uh, issues long. I, I know, I know, and, you know, I've, I've been trying to race through it. So, you know, I can uh, do some notes and prepare for that. Uh, and I've had, and, and my dear Carly's been asking, do you have any reading to do tonight? I said, yes, I, I'm up to issue whatever it was I'm up to now. So it's, I'm, I'm, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. <laughs> but I've also read some more recent comics, uh, would you believe? Some new comics, uh, Animosity issue 20, which for those that aren't reading it, that's basically Imagine Today and all the animals in the world can talk. Uh, and interact with humans, and it's uh, this issue was basically had a house full of snakes, which was very creepy, and um, not a, not a fan of snakes at the best of times. So that was slightly difficult to read. Uh, the new Jeff Lemire and uh, Dustin Nguyen series Ascender, which is the sequel series to Descender, which is a uh, sci-fi future adventure all about basically robots attacking the galaxy. And in this sequel series, it's now Technology has fallen by the wayside, and magic has taken its place. So that's yeah. that's interesting. Fantastic artwork from Dustin there. Black Science thirty nine. That's sort of there's only like three more issues after that, and then Black Science wraps up. So I'm reluctantly looking forward to that. Uh, and the first issue of DCs uh, from Tom Taylor and various others from DC Comics. Did did you, did read you that? like that? Yeah, I did um, like that. Oh. Yeah, I. I didn't mind it, but I was I was kind of like, oh, okay, because yeah, I, I it's I don't know DC zombie stuff. It's I'm giving it a chance. Um, I, I like that it's rooted in the DC universe for that that it's the anti life equation that um, starts it all and it gets out mm. it gets out of hand completely and wipes out Darkseid straight away as soon as he activates yeah. it. Um, and it's to Earth and jumps through all the everyone on social media uh, is <laughs> turned so into you a zombie. Gone, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of telling. Everyone on social media becomes a zombie. Um, yeah, mm. interesting. But yeah, it was it was okay. I yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a chance. Uh, and I finally got to read Detective Comics issue 1000, and I really liked that. That was oh, good. that was uh, had had some really cool short stories in there, and the setup for the new uh, villain, the Arkham Knight, that he'll be taking on. So, um, yeah, it was nice to read some current comics for a change, instead of <laughs> slogging through Fifty Two. <laughs> Which, I'm, but I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying Fifty Two. Don't, don't get me wrong. Really enjoying it. So I, I just just feel like I've got to get there. I've got to get there through the end. So, right. Uh, gosh. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, shall we take a look at what is happening in the news of the world of the news? Yes, let's. Uh, 
Um, first, sh- well, I just want to give a shout out, another shout out, a medical shout out to um, Matthew Clark, the artist of Volume Five, of The Doom Patrol. He hasn't been very well. Um, he did a little go- GoFundMe for an mm. hospital stay that he had, and um, that was very successful, and a lot of people showed the love. Um, but we just want him to know that we're still thinking of him, and that I hope it all keeps going well for you, Matthew. Yeah. Um, if, if you're not listening, that's fine. But hopefully, someone will pass that on because yeah, we, uh, we are. Can- Concerned for your health. Yes, and, and thank you to everyone that pitched in for the GoFundMe. Um, I know Matthew was very appreciative of that. So, um, yeah, it's not been a good month, <laughs> health-wise. No, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, Season 1 of the Doom Patrol has ended, Mike, hasn't it? Yes. Now, before we go any further, because this is pretty much the only things we have, let's make it very clear. Stop listening now if you have not seen Episodes 14 and 15 of Doom Patrol Season 1. Stop now. Go and look Stop. at the show notes and make a note of when you can come back. Okay? You done? Okay. So cool. either stick with us or <laughs> we will see you in a few minutes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Paul, yes. What were your thoughts? Oh, let, let's start with Penultimate Patrol. What did you think of that one? Penultimate Patrol, um, it continued the flex um, involvement with the patrol. It had the patrol deciding to... Um, Go and get Niles, no matter what the cost would be. Um, the, <laughs> the team came together. <laughs> As it were. <laughs> when Flex flexed the wrong muscle and um, gave everyone orgasms instead of uh, transport. Um, Sorry, I'm going to die laughing uh, over here for the rest uh, of the show. Yeah, you continue. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was... That was that scene was hilarious. It still yeah, cracks it was... me up. Uh, and, and when Jane realised what was going on, <laughs> I, I, I've never seen anything like it on TV before. It was no. in, insane and bizarre and unexpected and hilariously wrong. Uh, and yet yeah. very joyful at the same time. <laughs> yeah. But poor, a... poor Cliff, uh, feeling very left out uh, and having to join in somehow. Well, I thought I thought it was actually, I mean, it wasn't just a funny scene because you did have Cliff left out and they they sort of segued into that with um, Cliff getting the chance to start again um, when uh, Mr. Nobody basically offers the temptation to the entire team that they can all go back to before their accidents and bypass their accidents and mm-hmm. have reality. And, yep. um, of course, Cliff has been denied, you know, the, a body for so long. So the first thing he's doing is um, he's back with Giselle, the um, the the housemaid. Yeah. Uh, that no, the nanny, mm, Giselle, yeah. the nanny, and um, yeah. So I thought that was interesting because he just had the scene where everyone had an orgasm except for him, and then he, you know, gets his body back, and you know. So I thought that was kind of poignant as well as uh, funny and sad and weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought penultimate. Patrol was a fantastic episode. I yes. and it, all the chickens came home to roost for Niles, and mm-hmm. uh, we saw that Mister Nobody, you know, he can mess with people um, as much as he wants, but what he really wants is for Niles to um, confess, basically. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and we saw Rog the robot, which um, no one ever expected to <laughs> no, see that. Not at all. No. Yeah. I mean, for those of you who don't know, on our website we do. Um, D- t- Doom Patrol TV bingo cards, mm. and um, 
I was filling them in and I was saying, oh, I need something from season um, volume one of the Doom Patrol. What's something that's iconic from that? And I thought, Rog. So I put Rog in. I thought, Rog will never be in the show, ever, ever, ever. Um, Rog was the focus of the show for ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm, mm. Mm. So, and, and then, you know, we get the show ends, the episode ends with this incredible revelation where the chief tells everyone that he caused... They're accidents. None of them were accidents. He was behind them all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was a stunner. I mean, uh, we knew it was coming, but it, it's a different way to do it. Um, you know, the fact that Chief admits it, uh, and he's, you know, there are signs of repentance in the Chief at this stage, unlike in the comic when he admits that he was behind everything. Yeah. Uh, he was yeah. just being a an out-and-out um, bastard mm-hmm. and completely unrepentant but in this you know he has grown to feel for the team that's that's clear and i remember i jumped online to you mike and i said oh thank goodness this isn't the last episode because what a place to leave it <laughs> yes little did i know <laughs> <laughs> so are you thinking that that may have been a better place to end the season i i think it it was a better place to pause and just think about what they wanted to do next mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so what were your thoughts about um ezekiel patrol the the final episode um i thought for the final episode of this first season i i thought it was okay uh overall i think the series as a whole is fantastic, but I think this was one of the weaker episodes. I I thought the story was a little bit all over the place. I thought Mr. Nobody kind of just turned into this alcoholic whiner. Yeah. Uh, he, and he was just drowning his sorrows because he'd been outsmarted by Ezekiel the Cockroach and Mr. Whiskers, Admiral Whiskers, sorry, the Rat. And yeah, he didn't spend all that time in the Navy to become Mr. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, it was a bit... I mean, yes, it's it's uh, going to be a weird episode because it's a weird show, but I, I don't know, it just didn't... I, I just don't think it stuck the landing. Uh, mm. and, and I'm still... Uh, I'm still confused. As, uh, yeah, I'm not a, a massive fan of the revelation that Dorothy is Niles' daughter. Uh, and, and, like, where does he come off with giving her the surname Spinner? Like, where does that come from? That doesn't even make sense. Which, yeah. I, again, I, I know because it's a whole weird show. Uh, I, I guess it was nice to see uh, that the link in between when the Beard Hunter vanished and when he was going down that weird flight of stairs and it turns out, hey, that's underneath the, the doll hospital, which is where Dorothy's been all this time. Okay, that kind of ties that up. Uh, but yeah, it just—I uh, don't know. It just—it just didn't do it for me, so to speak. Whereas I thought Penultimate Patrol, uh, in hindsight, would have been probably a better finale for me. Yeah, to me, it felt like they just had a spare—you know—45 minutes to fill, and they went, "Okay, um, all right, well." And I thought there were a few cheats in this one, so. As soon as, um, you know, everyone's sort of reacting and swearing and stuff, and then Jane goes to turns into Hammerhead and goes to punch the Chief and then mm-hmm. gets frozen. And, you know, yeah. I, that was the tipping point for the app because then they did a time jump to show everyone in the future where they've come to terms with it all, and I hated that. Yeah. I wanted everyone. I wanted to see everyone react to it. We had, I think we'd earned the right to see everyone's moment you know, moment-by-moment moment reactions to it. And uh-huh. I think we got cheated when they, they did that. 
And then they did two things that drove me nuts. Um, one is they took the concept of the painting that ate Paris and just wasted it. Yes. yes. As a throwaway thing in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's not a world... It's not a big world-ending threat. It's not a, you know, a plot for a couple of episodes. It's just a, oh, they're in a painting because that's weird and let's do that. Yeah. Um, and then the... Basically, I've been waiting for Mr. Nobody to form a new brotherhood, and this is the brotherhood that he forms. The, <laughs> the, the brotherhood, brotherhood of, of dangerous, dangerous, dangerous animals. Dangerous <laughs> animals. And it, so it wasted the brotherhood concept as well. I mean, I... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of those two things getting thrown out there and just mm. used so, uh, for so little reward, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, but I mean, one thing I will give it, I am coming around on Bino, the beard hunter in name only. I, the more I see of him, the more enjoyable he is in uh, since his own episode. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, I thought this whole thing with Ezekiel being a threat, and and I made the mistake of watching this episode with my wife, and I cannot describe the look she gave <laughs> when the rat and the cockroach were kissing, and she just turned <laughs> to me and just looked at me, and it. Yeah, it took about seven years off my life, that look. <laughs> is she uh, is, is she still talking to you? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's Because I, I remember... At the end of it, said, that's why I don't watch this show. <laughs> yeah, because I remember she wasn't a fan of, uh, of... I think it was the first episode uh, she was not a fan of. Um, mm. So, yeah, well, um, hmm. but, <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit of a cheat jumping ahead six months in time to, to show that they've just all gone their own separate ways. And even that didn't last long. Mm. Um, it was nice that Cliff was still looking out for Jane. Obviously, he yes. still cares for her. It was nice that Larry and Rita still were hanging out together and looking after each other. I thought it was kind of pathetic that Rita got owned by a whiny 13-year-old girl, though. Yeah. It's like she, she took on Mr. Nobody, you know, with the narration stuff. She was starting to learn how to control her powers. She's going to let a kid throw guff in her face? Like, come on. Yeah. You know? It's just... Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, and... Um, uh, I, uh, I unironically do enjoy um, Chumbawamba, though. I do have that song <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> That's not... I okay. didn't know I was meant to feel bad about that, but yeah. I think I did. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it was, yeah, it, it was okay. I, yeah, there were lots that I had a few issues. And where was Flex? Was it ever explained what happened to Flex? Between? Yeah, no, well, he wasn't relevant to the plot at this point, so they just disappeared suddenly. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, mm, that was I wasn't annoying. crazy about it. wasn't, hmm. Yeah. And it, but, I mean... I got two bingos out of it. We got um, Dorothy Spinner, as you said, and we got Danny the Brick. Yeah. So, a lot earlier than I expected, but there we go. <laughs> Danny the Brick's back. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, it the, the finale was not one of my favourite episodes. Uh, but, it just, but It just felt like they weren't ready to put it all pull it all together they were you know it felt like they had to do an extra ep suddenly and they thought well what have we got lying around and had a quick flip through the comics and grabbed a couple of ideas and you know said oh we better do something with cockroach and the rat and you know it it just didn't feel um fully uh cooked no no Mm. it um yeah it it 
Yeah, it was a bit of a head-scratcher and, and left me, personally, um, kind of unsatisfied. So Yeah. Yeah, where which was the uh, different feeling to the one, the episode before, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, we were dying to know what happened next after that that episode, and it mm. was a fantastic episode. Yeah. Yeah. But part yeah. of me would have liked to have seen um, a bit more of Niles actually carrying out the tragedies that yeah. caused... Like, one of my favourite scenes in Unbreakable, the, the Bruce Willis, um, Samuel L. Jackson film, is at the very end where it shows Mr. Glass doing all the stuff uh, that, you know, that proved he was the bad guy when he was trying to yep. find his opposite. I would have loved to have seen something like that. You know, like Niles setting up um, the... The, the truck on the, the highway that, that killed Cliff and him putting whatever weird substance it was in the river that affected Rita. Yep. Um, so we, we, we got little bits where he and Joshua were talking about the, the space anomaly that was going to affect the, the pilot that ended up being Larry. So, y- you know, we, we saw bits and pieces of it, but, um, yeah, it would have been nice to have seen more of that, for me, anyway. Yeah. yeah. That could have been the whole episode, actually. That could have just been all, entire flat b- flashbacks of um, Niles setting everything up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that would have um, just kept the cliffhanger on hold for another season and, you know, off yeah, the go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I, I did like uh, how the whole uh, immortality thing was kind of explained in that, you know, he, he said he wants to live one more day than his daughter does in order to make sure she's all right. And that's that's what all his experiments have been about. So, uh, and they even called it the Immortus Project. Yeah, so that that was that was cool. So that kind of gives some sort of credence as to how it is that none of them really ever seem to age, uh, and and that's because that's Niles's end goal with his experiments on them. So, mm. I don't think we're going to ever see General Immortus now that they've used that name for a. Uh... Well, you, you never know. It could be someone from the ant farm uh, gets hold of his research and, uh, you know, ends up becoming General Immortus. You never know. Mm. You never mm. know. I'm sure they'll throw us more curveballs, like General... Like Admiral Whiskers and Ezekiel. I think for those two characters to become the big bads of the finale, it's just a bit... Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Bit of a curve. Bit, bit unearned. Yes. Yeah. So, but, you know, roll on season two. Uh, they've still got plenty of other uh, ground to cover. Yeah. But, I uh, did I did enjoy it when um, Mr. Nobody was teaming up with the patrol. I thought that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. When they're on the same side for the same um, outcome. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Just a pity it was in those circumstances. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Anyway, um, I do hear the sound of ticking, which could be... What is it, Mike? The Doom Clock, Paul. It, it is oh. indeed the Doom... Yeah, the Doom Clock. Oh, I was going somewhere else with that, but... Okay, no. we'll go there. <laughs> oh, you poor old sick man. So yes, as we look upon the face of the Mighty Doom Clock, we can see that it has been just over 28 weeks since we had a new Doom Patrol book on the shelves, that being issue 12 of Volume 6 from Gerard Way, Jeremy Lambert, Dan McDade, Tamara Bonvilla, Nick Darrington, Todd Klein, Molly Mahan, and Mark Doyle. 
That issue saw the Reynolds family fighting to free the Demonscape from Margoth the Demon Lord, and we discussed it back in episode 131. And so issue 1 of volume 7 is, at this stage, scheduled for July 3rd of 2019. Uh, Doom Patrol, Weight of the Worlds, from Jared Wade, Jeremy Lambert, and James Harvey. We'll have the patrol travelling around the solar system, facing off against uh, unusual and bizarre things in outer space, uh, including something called the Marathon Eternal. Meanwhile, Robot Man will be coming to terms with his new life as a human and going face-to-face with his mother. Oh. Mm. Yes. Interesting Mm. times. Five weeks to go, gang. Wow. What a time to be alive. Mm. Who would have thunk it? Mm. So, Paul, uh, despite being under the weather, are you ready for the This Week in Doom Patrol History guessing game? Frankly, I'm scared this week, but let's do it anyway. (laughs) With thanks to Mike's amazing world of comics, here we go. We are rolling (laughs) the eight-sided die. You are getting seven questions. Bloody hell. That's that's a nice one, sir. Oh, okay. Question the first. Okay, is it um, uh, it, uh, a comic that uh, is it a comic that came out in your lifetime, Michael? Yes, it is, Paul. It is indeed a comic okay, that came okay. out in my lifetime. Okay, is it uh, is it written by somebody that we've interviewed on the show? Yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> All right. Question the third. <laughs> Question the third. Okay, so I'm thinking it's um, volume two. Um, oh, is it um, Doom Patrol volume two? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, is it uh, drawn by Eric Larson? Yes, it is. Oh. Okay. Question five. I think I've only used two. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. It's Eric Larson. So if my brain serves me correctly, and it sometimes doesn't. Um, all right. Uh, the second last question is, uh, does it include Dorothy Spinner? No, it does not. Okay. All right. So it's... I think you've actually got two questions left. I think that was question five. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. If um, I've miscounted, it's because we're both not well. Anyway. So, so I've got... Now it's... So I've got five. I've only got five questions now. No, now you have two. Two. Oh, okay. This is question oh. six you are about to ask. All right. Is it issue number ten? No. But you are very, very close. Eleven. No. Nine. No. It's issue, it's issue 12. You're at it. No, sorry. You, you, was, you were doing so very well. Uh, I only needed five more questions. I, I would have got it. Yes, exactly. But no, unfortunately, you were so close, but no. Uh, so going on sale for $1 American on May 1st of 1988, with a cover date of September of that year, was issue 12 of Doom Patrol Volume 2. This story was titled Invasion and was brought to us by Paul Kupperberg, uh, 
former guest on the show, uh, Eric Larson, Pablo Marcos, Johnny Workman Jr., Michelle Wolfman, and Robert Greenberger. And despite the title of the story, it was not a tie-in to the DC Invasion event, as that didn't occur for about another four or five months after this story, but it was a story of alien would-be conqueror Garguax threatening to invade the Earth, so the Patrol launched themselves into orbit and attacked his spaceship to prevent that. And uh, we covered this issue way back in episode 47 from March of 2016. And uh, you can find that on waitingfordoom.com in the Doom dossier for Volume 2 Part 1. So you can check that out for further details. And that is it for the Doom Clock this week. The World's Strongest Hero the warrior from a hidden island. The master of super speed. The wielder of the weapon from beyond the stars. The champion of the seven seas. They are the only ones standing before a world beyond the brink of collapse. Their mission, abolish war and crime, eliminate poverty and hunger, clean the environment, cure disease, even stop death itself. They promise within a year to make the world a utopia no matter how many lines they might need to cross. Coming soon to the Pulp to Pixel Network, the Squadron Supreme Cast, an exploration of Mark Gruenwald's epic 1985 Squadron Supreme miniseries, a look at the heroes, the villains, the fine lines separating them, and how this miniseries continues to play an influence in mainstream superhero comics. Time for Doom Splaining, and this week on the show, we are actually covering, as part of JLMA 2019, a couple of tie in issues as part of the massive event, The Blackest Night. So, uh, if you want to hear more about the actual story of Blackest Night, that's been covered throughout a bunch of other podcasts as part of JLMA this year. So, if you start with episode 138 on the podcast of OA, uh, and that starts with the, Z- the Zero issue, uh, and then follow through to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, the Idol Head of Diablo, Fire and Water Podcast, uh, Head Speaks, uh, Clinton on the Coffee and Comics blog, Longbox Crusade, and then the Lantern cast are covering issues 7 and 8 of Blackest Night. Uh, and there are other shows uh, also covering uh, tie-in issues, such as Waiting for Doom, which is you're listening to right now, uh, Task Force X, Justice's First Dawn, The Starman, Manhunter Adventure Hour, uh, and also just announced uh, Michael Bailey's It All Comes Back to Superman and the Bat-, Bat Pod are also covering their tie-in issues for Blackest Night. So it's pretty big this year. I think there was Feathers and Foes, the Birds of Prey podcast, were doing the JSA one as well. Oh, so. well, there you go. There's too many to mention. Too many to mention, but we did it anyway. We yeah, did. Yeah. We, we got there in the end. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yes, Paul, kick us off uh, with issue four of Doom Patrol, the time for Blackest Night. Yeah, so issue four, it uh, was covered in January 2010, uh, but it actually came out on November 4th, 20, uh, 2009, which was uh, you know a few months earlier. Uh, it cost three ninety nine. Uh, it was written by Keith Giffen, uh, penciled by Justiniano, uh, inked by John Livesay, lettered by Pat Brousseau, coloured by Guy Major, and all edited by Elizabeth V. Gerling. And, of course, it had a... a Backup, which made it uh, cost more and uh, uh, thicker. So yes. it was a 40 page comic or something like that. And what was special about this uh, comic, Mike? I hear you ask. 
What was special about this comic, Paul? <laughs> My psychic powers are back. Um, <laughs> it came with a ring. Ooh. It came with the yellow lantern ring, if you bought this one, uh, the um, the first printing of this comic. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. Yeah. And it also went to a second printing, which is exciting. So yeah. Where they, they, and it has a cover with a... Um, it's not really much of a cover, isn't it? It's a black lantern ring with a bit of faces reflected in it, sort of Doom Patrol faces. It's hard yeah. to tell, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, but when they did the reprint, um, they yellowed it up a bit <laughs> instead of it all being, uh, you know, light and black and dark and stuff. Okay. Yeah. I'm describing it really well, aren't I? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> as best as one can in your condition and for an audio podcast. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll take you through what happens inside. So, um, a crypt somewhere. Uh, Black Lantern Ring declares target locked. As it uploads a consciousness, we get a quick history of the Doom Patrol, the original four. Niles Calder, the chief, the man, the scientist behind the team. Uh, Larry Trainer, the jet fighter pilot, negative man who met the negative energy and uh, became a possessed superpower person. <laughs> Elastigirl, Rita Farr, the actress who, um, and Olympian. And Cliff Steele, the race car driver who became a brain in a metal body, um, until the team were wiped out by General Zal, uh, which was mani- uh, described by the ring's target as manipulated to their deaths. Um, maybe. Hmm. Arani Desai, the former wife, sort of, of the chief, and uh, she became Celsius with uh, hot and cold powers from her hands, and um, she used her legacy of her sort of relationship to Niles to reform the patrol. <laughs> Uh, with Joshua Clay, Tempest, um, who had... He had blast powers, but in this comic, they think he has weather powers. Did you notice that? Yes, I did notice that, particularly (laughs) in the next issue. Very much so, yes. They took Tempest to a weird extreme. Yeah, I don't think Keith read everything quite as well as uh, expected him to. No, no. Mm, Anyway, Um, and Val Vostok, who became a negative woman when she inherited the negative energy from Larry Trainer. Um, and Cliff Steele, back again in a new body for the old brain. Um, and then they eventually expanded their ranks with new members, till it all went horribly wrong, as it so often does for the Doom Patrol. <laughs> anyway, the memory download done. The ring summons Arani Desai of Earth. Rise! <gasps> Did you like the cool echo mic put, put all over that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Rise, rise, rise. <laughs> she joins three other resurrected Doom Patrol corpses, uh, Tempest, Negative Woman, and the mysterious shadowy figure in the background. Hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, the current team are just returning to their base on Oolong Island after their encounter with uh, the Black Hole, who is now their prisoner. Um, Cliff is, of course, being carried off by support staff as his body was semi-destroyed on the last mission. Um, Rita is still furious over what happened on the last mission. If you want to listen to our last episode, it covers it pretty much. Um, mm. yeah, yeah, when Tempest attacks her and he sees red rage in her body. So, um, mm. Mm. Tempest and Rita have no history together, if you're wondering. But uh, in this comic, they uh, get to interact. Yeah. Meanwhile, Niles is in his lab and he gets the warning message from the Flash about the dead rising, which is uh, timely and a little bit late. Because <laughs> Arani, 
bursts in at this moment, um, and she uses her hot and cold powers to attack the chief. Um, and when the Black Lantern examines the chief, it just sees um, the orange light of avarice, mm. which is greed. Yep. Fancy word for greed. Yep. Yeah, but the chief activates his action chair. I love the action chair. I should put that on a bingo card, shouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, um, but uh, Arani... Um, reforms after getting blasted and then kisses him on the lips uh, with her freezing breath and uses her um, cold powers to blast his legs uh, to pieces. Mm. 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 That's a bad outcome. Meanwhile, 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 uh, Larry is helping Cliff change into a new body and um, they have a brief discussion about, um, you know, what, what this does to people's uh, sense of self and they're always changing their body and um, yeah Cliff is evasive as he doesn't really want to focus on this uh, but as they swap the heads uh, he does carry his old body down to a junk pile in amongst the trees in the jungle uh, where several other bodies lie uh, robot man bodies mm. should we take a drink for all those former bodies because there's, <laughs> there's a lot of them there that's well, a few drinks could, yeah. yeah let's, let's yeah. take one in honour of them yeah. I'm taking a limb sip tonight <laughs> <laughs> Very wise, very wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, suddenly, a negative energy with sort of green uh, energy in it blasts through Larry, but it's not his own negative energy. What is going on? Um, and it's uh, Val Vostok, negative woman in corpse-like form, and she looks at Larry on the ground and sees fear and will mixed together, green and yellow. The negative energy blasts Cliff also, and then the negative energy from Larry comes out, and there's a negative energy duel between uh, Val's negative energy and Larry's negative energy. Mm. Hmm, never seen that before. Trying to solve the problem, uh, Cliff body slams Val, and then Val starts to throttle Cliff. I'm not sure what she expects to do. He's a robot. Um, <laughs> and then she throws him down an embankment, which is probably more effective. Meanwhile, uh, in a cafe on Oolong Island, a uh, scientist who is part of the Oolong Island science squad, uh, left over from uh, the miniseries 52, coming soon to a DCOCD near you, um, <laughs> is talking to Rocky, who is the uh, Doom Patrol chaplain, for want of a better description, mm. um, about his concerns that uh, as um, he was the greatest arch nemesis of the team, he's worried that they will recognise him. And uh, this gentleman is Dr. Time, yeah. who, um, yes, uh, Michael catches up on where Dr. Time comes from and what his deal is. But, yeah. uh, yes, when the alarms go off and um, in the control centre for Oolong Island, um, the staff decide that they better alert Veronica Kale, who is, of course, the president of Oolong Island and also an ex-member of the science squad as well. Rita continues to fight Tempest, and she embiggens herself, um, but Tempest uses uh, sort of tornado powers to suck the oxygen out of her, causing her to collapse, and then um, the these Black Lantern zombies like to rip hearts out, and he is very impressed because he's going to get to rip out the biggest heart ever. Mmm, mm, creepy. Meanwhile, Arani is moving in for the kill with Niles, and in the jungle, Cliff is at the bottom of the banquet, and he's about to get back into the fight when he meets the final zombie, a body with an open skull and an empty brain pan. It's his own corpse. Come to get him. <gasps> okay, Mike, do all the talking. <laughs> I really enjoyed this. I, I thought it was good fun. It was good to see uh, the Black Lanterns, I, I guess, taking on... 
in some instances, their own counterparts. Uh, so, like, Val taking on, on Larry. And Cliff Steele, I guess, you know, scalped race car driver, <laughs> taking on <laughs> Robot Man. Uh, I was a bit confused by Temper suddenly having weather powers. I don't recall him ever having weather powers. As you said, he could fly and shoot out energy blasts from his hands. Yeah. That, that, that was about it. That's just a, a cursory reading of the background um, material by the, the author, I would say. Mm, yeah. Uh, it was also cool to see Dr. Time, who was uh, a- actually in a, a Doom Patrol villain uh, from Volume 1, from the 60s. And he has, uh, surprise, surprise, the uh, power, uh, ability to manipulate time with, with his gadgets. And, uh, and he appeared in Doom Patrol issue 92, which was cover dated December of 1964. And we covered that uh, all the way back in April of 2015, in episode 16. So you can check that out on uh, the Doom Dossier for Volume 1, if you want to learn more about uh, Dr. Time. But it was cool seeing him uh, as part of the Science Squad and, and, you know, in modern day on on New Long Island. So that was cool. Um, But overall, it was I think it was a a well-done tie-in. It was cool to see what uh, emotional spectrum colours were appearing on each of the team. Uh, Avarice being on Niles was not a surprise. Uh, Fear and Will uh, was cool on on Larry. Rage on Rita was understandable, given uh, what she learnt about uh, Steve Dayton doing to her in the previous issue. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. it. Uh, I, I thought what uh, Black Lantern Arani did to Niles was pretty brutal. Yeah. Freezing his legs and shattering them. I mean, he already can't walk, so it's kind of almost a redundant, but it's kind of a lot of salt in the wound. It's a shocker. I mean, it's mm. the sort of thing that um, would still... Uh, concern you, I think, if you yes. saw you saw your legs shattering off. I mm. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. Overall, I, th- I thought it was a, a cool tie-in issue uh, to Blackest Night. What, what did you think of it, Paul? Yeah, I just thought it was really good. Uh, it's funny though. I mean, the Doom Patrol has such a rich history of death that they can call on, and they really didn't touch the surface. I mean, they could have brought back uh, um, Nudge. They could have brought back <laughs> Karma. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Did, did Karma have actually die, though? He, I thought he just ran he off. He died in an uh, issue of um, Suicide Squad. Ah, okay. There we go. Yeah, but, I mean, a lot of people are going, uh, well, who's Nudge and who's Karma, and that's probably why they're not here. So, mm-hmm. perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty well done. Mm. Uh, other than the confusion over Tempest having weather powers all of a sudden. Yes. So, hmm. But I suppose that's the magic of having a Black Lantern ring, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> don't try and no-prize it. All right. Uh, do you want to take us through the next issue? Do I ever, Paul? Because it's uh, time to look at Doom Patrol issue 5 from volume 5, which was cover dated February 2010, but went on sale December 9th of 2009. Cover price of three ninety nine because that's how they did it back in those days with the backup stories. Same creative team as the previous issue. Uh, Elizabeth V. Gerlain was the editor. It was written by Keith Giffen, penciled by Justiniano, inks by John Livesay, Patrick Brasso did the letters, and colours were by Guy Major. And this story was titled Back in Black. Oh, yeah. Mm. Bit of akadaka. <laughs> And the issue opens with the action continuing on directly from the end of the previous issue with Black Lantern's Cliff Steele and Valentina Vostok fighting against their respective counterparts, Robot Man and Negative Man. 
Uh, even both forms of negative energy beings from Val and Larry get involved in the fight again, furiously becoming intertwined before zapping back into Valentina's body until at last Negman bursts back out, knocking her out. As Robot Man asks if Larry can pull that stunt again, the scene shifts back to the Chief's bunker, where Black Lantern Arani continues to torture the Chief. Suddenly, the first scientist, the sentient black hole trapped in the body of a Germanic lederhosen-clad man who we met in issues 2 and 3 of this volume, which we covered in episode 143, he walks in asking, shouldn't you be green? Uh, before encasing her in one of his Curlian energy fields at Niles' frantic instructions. With the first scientist unable to predict how long he'll be able to hold Arani, he and Niles agree to leave for safety. Meanwhile, at the Oolong Island shoreline, Embig and Rita remain stuck under rubble with Black Lantern Joshua Clay tormenting her. As three members of the Oolong security forces arrive, guns drawn on him. Just as he starts to threaten the trio, Rita says, Nuh-uh, quickly swallows him and spits him back out, sending him flying through the air and crashing further down the beach, where automated security drones quickly shoot up from the ground and open fire upon him. Rita is now well and truly pissed off, sick of being defined by men, and finally breaks free from the rubble, standing up and taking off after Joshua, just as Niles and the first scientist arrive on the scene with the furious Arani coming after them. Further down the beach, Rita arrives to witness Joshua's body reconstructing itself after being shot down by the drones. After some fairly misogynistic monologuing, he somehow summons forth a massive tidal wave, (laughs) which knocks Rita down and begins to flood the shoreline. Back in the jungle, Robot Man and Larry continue to fight with the Black Lantern Cliff, and they think they've scored a victory when Robot Man recalls that a lantern's power comes from their ring, and ripping it from Cliff causes him to collapse, until the ring starts to rebuild his body, and Larry notices that the tidal wave Joshua summoned is heading straight for them. Panic breaks out within Oolong's central security headquarters as they watch the wave surge 2.7 kilometres inland, that's 1.67 miles for you non-metric types, and one Ira Quimby, otherwise known as the mad scientist IQ, who's also part of the Oolong science squad, demands to be patched through to Niles so they can make a plan to remove the Black Lanterns. As Rita pulls herself free from destroyed buildings and marooned ships, she realises that there must be more than one Black Lantern on the island, which explains why Cliff and Larry haven't appeared to help her. She throws part of a building at Joshua and takes off to find her teammates in the jungle. And just as the Lanterns move in for the kill, Niles radios in with the plan. The patrol need to lead the Lanterns to the main hangar deck, where the Ulon Science Squad, all those mad scientists taken to the island during the events of 52, are currently deploying a portal made from bastardized boom tube technology. Robot Man grabs his friends and leaps up into the air to begin their escape, and the Lanterns chase after them. So in the main hangar bay, the scientists have got the portal set up, they've keyed in a destination to a JLA distress beacon, and before long our heroes have bounced back down onto the ground, into the hangar, with the lanterns close behind them, and the scientists fire the portal up just in time to send them hurtling through the boom tube off of Oolong Island for good. Impressed that the patrol were able to succeed, Quimby radios Niles again to compliment him on his uh, team's efforts. But the final panel shows Niles lying in the ruins of the shoreline, unresponsive, with the first scientist looking over him. Mm. Mm. What did you think of issue five, Paul? Oh, what an action-packed epic. Um, Yeah, I mean, I continue to be bugged by uh, Tempest having the incorrect powers. Mm. (laughs) But... Mm. 
Yeah, maybe his Wikipedia entry wasn't that good when this was written. Um, <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, it's... Um, I mean, my brain is still so much in 52, so it's good to see the remnants of the science squad still active and, you know, still mm. sciencing their way out of um, danger. Yes. You know, the, all these mad scientists are, can be uh, very effective when uh, cornered. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think we see that again yep. in this one. Yeah, yeah, because it was... Uh, and, and it some of the, the notes that appear throughout the panels made reference to Veronica Cowell sort of uh, wanting to use that, that technology, the boom tube technology, with, in relation to the four horsemen that they had um, sort of summoned forth and created. And that, so, yeah, the, not, not, nice, lots of nice touches back to 52. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. It's, it's fairly action-packed that it moves at a cracking pace. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, it was... Uh uh, it's a little done in two side adventure for JL May and for Blackest Night, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's isn't it's wrapped it? up fairly neatly. It is, yes, <laughs> it's wrapped up nice and neatly over the two issues. Um, but it sort of doesn't doesn't have any major impact on Blackest Night itself. It just it just acknowledges that you know the Doom Patrol are part of what's going on in the DCU at the time. Which is nice. Yeah, I mean, these threats are everywhere, and, um, you know, if you want to check out this comic, you can get Green Lantern, uh, uh, Yellow Lantern, Yellow Lantern Ring. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I-, I can't talk. And now it's the part of the show where we're getting close to the end, which is good, because I'm dying, and it's the mailbag <laughs> of doom. So uh, uh, we asked people last time on the show to respond to our thoughtful question of the week, which was, uh, you agree to take in a comic professional entering with protection. They will pay for food and shelter by doing comic creator stuff just for you for a whole month. Which comic professional do you want? Um, so we heard from Sphinx Magoo, and he said, my... First thought was Alan Davis, but if we can call up artists from Beyond the Grave, that certainly opens things up. Mm. I think if you want zombie artists living in your house. And... Uh, well, it's in theme for Jail May, so it is. You know, yeah. yeah. Anyway, still, yeah. Uh, Sean Woods at Downtown underscore Sean on Twitter said Hickman, and hope he does Legion of Superheroes. Well, he's in your house. You could maybe force him. I don't yeah, know. you tell him. You probably Sean. can't force actually Jonathan Hickman to do things he doesn't want to do. <laughs> Probably not. No. Uh, we heard from Jack Rocher, Old Fashioned Outlaw, and he said, Grant Morrison, I would not ask for much, only to just write me into some space dive bar, drinking a pint of lager in an issue of the Green Lantern. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Dylan Knows at Dylan Proco just replied with Mike Mignola. Okay. So anything Mike mm. does. Cool. Cool. We heard from Relatively Geeky, um, our friend Professor Alan, and he said, Chuck Dixon, because I think he could do pretty well in a gunfight if it came to that. Is that what witness protection is like in America? <laughs> Probably. Probably. Anyway, just saying there's got to be a reason he's in witness protection and comfort level with a firearm is a legitimate consideration if all goes poor. Wow. Well, I would have thought you would have um, picked someone who could uh, do your Doctor Doom sketches, but uh, mm, no. you do you, yeah. Alan. <laughs> that, that, that got dark. Oh, jeez. Uh, Martin Gray, at Mark Gray, uh, chimed in with Paul Levitt to spin tales of the Legion of Superheroes. Nice. Mm. Uh, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, said, pretty sure this is actually how John Beatty art and I became friends. Yeah, he does um, YouTube live streaming of drawing with John Beatty. So. Okay, cool. Uh, 
Uh, Clinton uh, at Coffee and Comics blog uh, chimed in with George Perez or Rags Morales. So much beautiful art. Oh. Cool. Nice. Uh, we have from Juice005, our friend uh. Aaron, and he said, Who makes the best soup? Right. Mm. So, okay. whichever comic creator makes the best soup is who you would want. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's. Good. Yeah. Good. That's. Good. So, that's so Aaron. That yeah. really is, yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Brown at Tuzigo chimed in with, I would definitely let M. Kupperman uh, hide out at my house. Lol, and Mike Allred too. We would all collaborate on a madman meets Izanami Grey thrown into the Tales Designed to Fizzle world 80-page giant. Oh, so Jeffrey's going to team up with uh, M. Kupperman and Mike Allred and yeah. bring all their creations together. Exciting. Nice. Cool. Hmm. Uh, we heard from Ludwig the Merciless. Don't expect any mercy from Ludwig. Um, he, he said, I'll go with Morrison. I want him to write Transformers, because why not? Wow. That, that would, yeah, that would work. Transformers by Morrison. That would, oh, jeez. Um, he did Zoids once. Did you know that? No, I did not. Ooh. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, we heard from Ange at Dr. Ange 70, and Ange said, Steve Lytle to draw Legion pinups all day. I was going to say JMS, John Michael Straczynski, but I realised after the month he'd say he didn't have anything to show me. Oh. Mm. Still holding that grudge? Yep. Ange. Fair call. <laughs> uh, we heard from someone called uh, Dinosaur Number One who said EVS, just so I could knock him out. <laughs> Right. Mm. Well, okay. Jonathan Dye chimed in with, uh, I'd make Steve Orlando write a Doom Patrol series because I can tell he really wants to. I'd make Rob Liefeld draw a Transformer series because I want to see his robot feet. Right. <laughs> hmm. uh, we had from Sean Ross at Secret Wars and Beyond, and he said, I would bring in Jim Aparo to just draw me new Brave and the Bold issues all day. I'd have Batman teaming up with characters from every universe. And you'd have um, Beyond the Grave, uh, Jim Aparo, in your house. (laughs) (laughs) Black of Light again. Yep. David Conine at DJ Habitual, DJ underscore Habitual, sorry, said uh, they would want someone who's very multi-talented, ready to ink, colour and letter. Lol. So I think David wants someone to work on his comic. That would be uh, Michelle Fifa you'd want, I reckon. Right. Yeah. He does it all. He does. He does. Yeah. Um, we heard from Big Tim Styles, and he said, Easy, goon guy. That's um, Eric Powell, the guy who does the goon. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. yeah. At CH0 with a very long underscore, chimed in with Walt Simonson. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. Get some Thor stuff going. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Gail Wilkes into a comic shop, and they said, First I thought I would want Gail Simone to write me dog-themed comics all day. Then I realised we should have Fabian Nicieza, so him and Bob could argue football all, all afternoon. I would just record it as a podcast. We would call it Super Pro, or is that name <laughs> already taken? And then a comic writer, Fabian Nicieza, chimed in with, I can write you dog-themed comics and argue about football. So clearly I am the superior choice to Gail in this particular household. People are <laughs> arguing about going into witness protection. <laughs> what have they done? <laughs> oh, dear. 
Uh, we heard uh, then from at Comics Mix on Twitter, and uh, they replied to the question with, you mean other than the ones we already have in the basement? Then in brackets, you only think we're kidding. And then uh, previous guest Joe Corallo, editor on the Deadbeats anthology, said, you let me leave sometimes, to which Comics Mix replied, that's a funny way to spell escape. <laughs> that got weird. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks for chiming in, guys. Uh, we have from Chris Lewis at CKL. Oh, okay, I get it. Yep. Uh, and he said, whoa there, wait one damn second. Why exactly do we need witness protection so urgently? And then Wilfred told him they know what they did. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, and he said, then I'm not sure I'd want any of them in my house. And then he went, oh, who am I kidding? It's Gail Simone, only because I reckon she'd be able to handle herself if things got nasty. Yeah, I bet she could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We then heard from Robert A. Range at Robtar Range on Twitter, and uh, he said, Which guys? Poor guy would be drawing bootleg micronauts till his hand fell off. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, we heard from Ted Kilbington, and he said, I would want someone prolific so I could get as much work out of them as possible, so I'd choose Mark Bagley. Well, how are you going <laughs> to work him to death? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, then who is Scorpio chimed in with? I am Starenko, meaning Jim Starenko. Always, I am Steranko. So, okay. I don't know what Jim would have thought about being tagged in that, but um, we haven't heard from him, so... Yeah. Probably safe for now. Hmm. Uh, then we heard from Kirk Spencer at Big Five Army, and he said, because I'm greedy and I want all the art, I'd have, someone, I'd have to pick someone really fast, like Dean Cotts or Weldon Art. Okay, cool. Edwin Latore chimed in with uh, Peter Tomasi writing the sitcom adventures of all Batman's kids together and Bruce as the grumpy dad. <laughs> and then we heard from uh, Mike Zomkowski and he said, JMD Matthias, JLI will live again. Ooh. Mm. Cool. Uh, Andrew Watton Davies said, Grant Morrison, and then demand he spends his time turning whatever the hell happened into a script. Two months later, I am held as a new god amongst surrealist comic authors. Six months later, I probably get eaten by an Alan Moore psychic projection, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, J. David Weeder wants Neil Gaiman. Uh, doesn't mm. explain why. It's Neil Gaiman. Right. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah maybe. Yeah. Imagine yeah. the visitors you'd get if they knew he was there. <laughs> Jared Driscoll chimed in with Travis Charis. Just only to see what the hell happened to him to cause him to not create any new work. Well, you have a lot of curiosity. Yeah. Hmm. And we heard from Doug Savisha, who said, 100% Derrington. I'd have him do Who's Who-style drawings of every Doom Patrol-related character ever. Ooh. Who I would love to see his take on Dorothy, Grunt, and 1980s Arani, just to name a few. Nice. Ooh, a good call. Mm. Uh, and Jay Powers at BBayBear24 chimed in with Brian Michael Bendis. I've been enjoying his DC work so far and would love to see his take on the Justice Society of America. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. All right, Paul. Uh, I do have an answer ready for this week. Ooh. Hooray, hooray. But I'm going to let you go first. Okay. I would go with John McRae, who's the artist behind Hitman and The Demon. Um, I love his art. I would just get him to draw lots of little, um, you know... Commissions of things that I like. Um, yeah, mostly Hitman, probably. Yeah. That would be my number one choice. What about you, Mike? I have a suspicion I know where you're going to go with this. Okay. I would want to take in and protect Evan Doc Shaner. Uh, <laughs> yes. Is that who you're thinking? 
<laughs> yeah, that's who I was thinking. Am I that obvious? Yes, I am. You are. Uh, <laughs> and I would get him specifically to work on, I guess, kind of an abridged historical retelling of the Doom Patrol. From Ooh. Volume 1 uh, up to, to present day. Um, kind of, I think kind of like, I think it's Ed Piscor is working on a similar thing with the X-Men through the ages. Oh, wow. Sort of having their entire history in one continuous retold story. So that is what I would want Doc Shaner to do, to do for me, just in, in one big book format. So <laughs> um, you could say, here's the Patrol in Volume 1, and they went through, you know, right up to Milk Wars, say. And have it all in his lovely style. And he has a month How fast do, do you think he works? Ah, <laughs> oh, we'll find out, Paul. We will find out. <laughs> well, as much as he can get done, you know. So, wow. Okay. And then if we have to extend it for another month, so be it. You know, we have to protect Doc. Mm. Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. And I believe we also got an email. We good? did. Uh, we, we got an email from uh, Dr. Ange uh, a little while back. So sorry we uh, have missed this one, Ange. As we've, you can probably guess, uh, <laughs> it's been a crazy few weeks with health issues and that. But anyway, Ange writes in, Hey guys, so pumped that you are finally covering the Giffen Clark Patrol books. It is a volume that brought me back to the property. After Morrison's run, it seemed like nothing would seem like a true Doom Patrol book again. I dropped the Pollack run about halfway through, thinking it was trying too hard to be like Morrison. I originally skipped the Arcudi Huet run because it only had Cliff, and I worried Arcudi would make it a humour parody book. And I certainly wasn't going to read Burns Unnecessary Reboot. Wise choice, Ange. <laughs> uh, but when Giffen was announced, I thought maybe it is time to return to the, to the Doom Patrol. I still paused. It was only after reading the Blackest Night crossover and grabbing the free ring that I saw it was my team again. Grabbed the back issues and signed up. Finally, a Doom Patrol book that felt like a Doom Patrol book. One thing I love is that Giffen does try to somehow reconcile the entirety of the Patrol's history. The upcoming Negative Man issue looked at all aspects and versions of Larry was brilliant. And how can you not like the return of Rita? Anyways, looking forward to hearing you dissect this. Thank you, Ange, as always. We, we, hope you, we, we hope you have enjoyed our dissection so far of Volume 5. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Mm. Anyway, Paul, uh, I think we should uh, sign off for now so we can both go and recuperate a little bit, <laughs> call sure. back into bed, uh, yeah. our respective beds, that is. Uh, so what's up next on the feed for us? Um, it could be time to do 52 if we can get our heads through it. So. Yeah. Yeah, that might be the next thing we do, and the next episode after that we're hoping to have something very special. Mm. Very special. Special, yes. it said, with confident wording. Um. <laughs> wow, you sure stole it there, mister. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, um, but yeah, that, that's what we've got coming up. And uh, the next question of the week, if you are wondering what to um, answer next time, you could just give us answers to things, but um, it's better if you know the question. It is, uh, what is a comic that you completely revised your opinion of after a reread? So mm. something you maybe didn't like the first time or loved the first time and something you decided sucked. Uh, you know, you, you get it. I'm not... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, so something you were like, eh, it's okay when you first read it and then years later when you reread it, you're like, wow, this is brilliant. Or, yeah, wow, maybe this is garbage. Because of maturity or puberty hit you or something. So, maybe. You know. yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's a very cool question. Whoever came up with that one must be very smart and handsome. <laughs> 
right, well, before Paul dies, we're going to sign off for now. Uh, so thanks for joining us again, everyone. Uh, as always, you can get in touch uh, by saying hi to Wilfred on Twitter at WFDPod. You can email us at waitingfordoom at gmail.com. You can check us out on the Waiting for Doom Facebook page. Uh, and, of course, there is also waitingfordoom.com with all our episodes and other cool stuff on there as well. So thanks for joining us, Paul. Go back to bed and rest up, mate. Thanks. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I didn't realise it was an interactive bit. That's all right. I, you, thought, you... I, I didn't know you were going to pause and let me respond to that, or you're just okay. going to keep saying things to the audience as such. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm okay completely... No, I think, I, think, I think it's smooth. I think we've got it. Well, I think it's so smooth. Yeah, you're right. It's, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a dream to edit this one. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Leave that in. Leave it in. I will. I will, Paul. Just but but not this bit. Leave this bit out. But the okay. Previous bit. All right. Right. Thanks. Okay. Sure. As always, guys, be good to each other. Stay weird. Don't be a crumb bum. And we will catch you again next time for more Waiting for Doom. Waiting for Doom. You poor sick fucker. <laughs>